Welcome to episode 38 of the Invictus podcast. Today you are blessed with myself and Tony and Craig. And today we have Nicola, who um, I've personally known for a long time, but she's a physiotherapist and she works with a lot of pelvic floor stuff as well. So we thought we would get her on the podcast today just to give us a bit of a rundown on the pelvic floor and its function and why it's actually important to know what it is and how to use it. Is there is it? Coming. Thank yeah. you for having me, guys. Is there a name for the type, that type of therapist? Uh, pelvic floor physiotherapist. Yeah. And that's, 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 that's it? That's yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, like there's no... Yeah, that's it. Yeah, but, yeah special. Sometimes yeah. might be referred to as a women's health uh, physiotherapist. However, I think that kind of boxes it in because it's not just women who have a pelvic floor. It's also yeah. men. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Do, you want, do you want to introduce yourself, yep. your background, what yep. got you into How we're always physiotherapy? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, firstly, thank you guys so much for having me to talk about something that I really like talking about a little bit too much at times. But um, so yeah, I've known everyone in this room on this podcast for quite a while. Um, and I've been practicing as a physiotherapist for now three years, you said, going into my fourth year. Yep. So I uh, started out just as a musculoskeletal physiotherapist. However, um, it was really early on in my career that there was a patient that really stuck out for me. He was a lovely elderly man and it was my first day at a new job and I was all by myself and um, he was incontinent. And so... For a new grad, that was yeah, a very confronting uh, scenario. Very confronting moment, and yeah. I had a little mental freak out, but we got there. And um, just that feeling of when he came back to me one day and said that he was accident free and had been able to go about his life without having to worry about what was happening was a really um, important moment for me in hindsight. Yeah. And that feeling had stuck with me for a long time. And then through my own personal issues, um, I found myself in the world of pelvic floor physiotherapy. Yeah. And that's how I have gotten to the point that I am at today. Poor little fella. I, I love how, yeah. because when we think pelvic floor th- physiotherapy, most people straight away think females. Mm. Yeah. And yeah. that a male was one mm. of the stepping stones yeah. for you to becoming... W- you know yep. what you are now in terms of being a specialist in pelvic floor physiotherapy so when it comes to the pelvic floor pelvic floor um and i have to admit when i was in uni to me pelvic floor physiotherapy was only ever going to be relevant for your uh pregnant and postnatal women yeah um however since then when it comes to the pelvic floor if it's your bladder if it's your bowel, if it's even in part, I'm going to say just groin abdominal region, if it's anything to do with intimacy, particularly for females, um, it's all part of the pelvic floor. Um, yep. Gynecological issues as well, all part of the gy- uh, pelvic floor, even for men, uh, prostate um, removal, even some form of um, uh, premature ejaculation, yeah. Peyronie's disease, all of these things yeah. uh, fall into the world of pelvic floor physiotherapy. So wow. it's a big area. Yeah. yeah. So let's backtrack. Like yep. for everyone who's listening, what yep. is the pelvic floor? So the pelvic floor is a group of muscles. So it's not just one muscle. It's a group of muscles that sit in, sit in the bottom of your pelvis. And essentially it is working to support everything up above you. So that includes all of your abdominal organs. The relevance there for pregnant women is it's holding up your uterus, your bladder, same for men, your bowel. Um, And it works with us with movement. However, it can, like any other skeletal muscle, um, you can injure it, it can be too tight, it can be too weak. So it can lead to dysfunction and pelvic floor dysfunction can lead to so many other things that you just really wouldn't have thought of. And that's my job, to think of it for you. Yeah. Yep. Spot on. on. So are there certain things that make it weaker? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So um, things that you, things like chronic constipation can make it weaker or can put more um, pressure on it. Okay. Uh, even things like if you're an overly tense person, holding yep. lots of Stress. tension. The pelvic floor is skeletal muscle, so it functions in the exact same way as yeah. your arm muscles function yeah. and whatnot. So um, a lot of things can yeah. lead to jaw tension. Big one, the jaw and the pelvic floor, there's a known connection between the two. Yeah, right. So those who are more likely to be tense and grinding through the jaw 
more yeah. likely to be turned to the chew, teeth. Chew, teeth. Chewy, chewy. <laughs> yeah. Teeth grinders. Teeth yeah. grinders, yeah. yeah. People who grind well, their teeth at yeah. night. A good one then, like this is another thing I had, but, but it adds in really well mm. now. Yeah. Like symptoms other than the generic stuff you've already mm-hmm. spoke about with pelvic mm. floor, what are some other symptoms that are outside of that, like teeth grinding, yeah. that tie in? The... Back pain. Yeah. Lower abdominal pain. Some form of gut issues as well. I do know they have quite a few patients who, prior to us doing all of their work, they'll turn to me and say, you know what, I just feel like like I'm not getting indigestion anymore. Or, you know what, I feel like I can actually take a big breath in. So these are things that you wouldn't even relate to mm. um, like a pelvic floor dysfunction. Yeah. Hell yeah. But pelvic floor, abdominal wall, they all feed into one another. So, yeah. 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 Mm. That's funny, isn't it? Mm. It's crazy. Yeah. yeah. Chest it's... breathers. Oh, yeah. That's, that's <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of neck tension and yeah. chest breathing yeah. and not neck using their tension. diaphragm. And having to teach people how to breathe down into their belly. It's hard, isn't it? And having to teach people and support people in just being more mindful of what their body's doing um, in terms of tension. Tension's a really big one. And when it comes to the pelvic floor, I'm a firm believer that... Um, it's a really vulnerable place and when we feel anxious, when we feel stressed out, when we feel nervous, we're going to protect ourselves. Mm. And I certainly find that the pelvic floor is an area that really holds on to a lot of that tension. And it's really powerful bringing someone's awareness to that yeah. and then giving them the tools on how they can change it. So I was, I was listening to a study earlier today, mm. right, on a podcast, and this was super interesting, and it's exactly mm. what you just said. So they used an EMG to detect um, tension on the pelvic floor, and they had a person, um, a bunch of images would pop up, and if they found the image distressing, they had to click a button. And oh. so they did it with a whole bunch of images, and the pelvic floor, the EMG with the pelvic floor responded before they even pressed the button. Mm. Fuck, so really? Yeah. Whoa. So we've had a discussion about this. Like, I've had a discussion on many different occasions about <laughs> yeah. this, but with a guy, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, this guy said to me, I have to ask you a question. If you see your child fall over or about to fall over and you know they're going to hurt themselves, like, does, and Michael's there, mm. does he get like a really weird sensation in their groin, groin. area? And I'm like, I don't know. I'll ask him. <laughs> I'll push my child yeah. over and then I'll let you know. <laughs> yeah. I'll ask him. <laughs> But 100%, it's like he's switching on yeah. all of those pelvic floor muscles. Yeah. Um, and he doesn't realize he's doing it because of tension. Yeah, because yeah, it's self All of us in the room have had a dog at some point of our life. Yeah. When a dog is scared or anxious and their tail goes under their bum, yeah, right. that's the pelvic floor. So that's just a way to show that my pelvic floor, oh. it's going to, my muscles protect. And when I feel yeah. anxious and when I feel nervous, my response is to yeah yeah what's kind of whole fight and flight response exactly exactly and when you are um someone who is a bit stressed or anxious and you are in more of that sympathetic drive Mm. it's just you know it drives the chest breathing and then the chest breathing just Mm -hmm. razzles that up even more and then i feel more razzled so i get more protective and then my tension just so for someone who's severely stressed like their pelvic floor is obviously tight yeah increased yeah so that doesn't that doesn't you go. No, go. So I was going to say, what do you give them? Is it more breathing stuff to get them to just relax or do you give them exercises? Bring or? their awareness to what their body's doing. Yeah, right. So a lot of it is just... That's a bit of a mental game. Yeah. 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 And I think that's just a really good um, tool to use in life yeah. to just be more mindful. I'm a believer of that our, 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 our body will always have a physical manifestation. And I personally believe that that physical manifestation will yeah. come once our emotional limits have been exceeded. Okay. So when I, and I, this is all kind of, I use myself as a guinea pig for a lot of things. Yeah. But just when we start feeling that tension, it's okay. All right. I need to come within and see what's going on here. Yeah. Where am I holding, where am I holding my tension? Where yeah. am I holding my stress? And just let it go. Let your tummy hang out. Let yep. your shoulders drop. Let yep. your jaw untense. Let your bum cheeks unclench. Yeah. Um, yep. I just think that that's probably one of the most powerful tools that one I have done and that I can give someone is just Hell to yeah. be more aware. Definitely. Yep. So would yep. you would you say a lot of the pelvic floor issues that you deal with a lot of people is very stress related? So I see 
Yes, but I see also a bit of a skewed population. Okay. So majority of my patients at the moment are pain patients. Mm -hmm. So with pain patients, yes, there will become that um, yeah. response to tense up. So for me personally, yes, I see a lot of patients who do have an overactive pelvic floor and we work at that because you asked before what else, what, mm. um, how can pelvic floor issues manifest. Pain is a really big one. So um, a big part of my job is dealing with pain. And mm -hmm. um, we have a lot of patients who, the first sign that anything might be wrong might be, kind of hurts when I'm having sex. Okay. And sex should not be a painful experience. Yeah. yeah. But there are a number of things that can cause intimacy pain. Mm -hmm. And overactive pelvic floor is one of them. Yeah. So yeah, for my patients, overactivity in the pelvic floor, who I see, yeah, I have, I would say that that is probably the majority of mine. Yeah, right. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's full on. Are most of your patients pregnant ladies? No. So no? I've had patients as young as 17. Yeah, I've right. I've got patients as old as 84. So okay. wow. the, thing, the thing with this is, mm. um, like... I don't even know if there is a conversation about your pelvic floor mm -hmm. as women until, A, it's d desperately in need yeah. of it for, for some pain kind of reason, yeah. physio kind of yeah. reason, or when you go um, and get your checkups done because you're pregnant. pregnant. Yeah. yeah. So the, there's no discussion about it. No. And There's look, no discussion about it at all. This is an area that we wear two layers of clothes to cover up. Cover up. Yeah. We, I think that in the past, um, I think men, males, are really open about talking about their bits. Mm -hmm. But um, females aren't. I think that is changing, but that's also why I feel like I just have a really special position where, hey, a lot of people are uncomfortable talking about this. Yeah. But if I can be that person to talk about it openly and that someone on the table next to me can hear it and resonate with something, yeah. then I'm doing my job because I think that more people need well, to talk yeah, about it's, it. It's, Definitely. It's only spoken yeah. spoken about when you when you when there's a pregnancy yeah. or Yeah. And like I know or, for myself, um, and this is just me indulging here, but it got, it fits into like how I found myself in this position. I was having issues for a long time that I didn't realise was a problem. I just thought that this is life. Yeah. And that you know, it's happened to some people, doesn't happen to other people. And I, just me being me, I never spoke to anyone around it. And it was only that I allowed things to progress so far. I fortunately found myself in a situation where I was able to have a piece of information come to me where I went, oh, hang on, that sounds familiar. I yeah. didn't realise that that was a thing. Yeah. And then, yeah, I... Here I am. There you are. Yeah, and I can sit here and say, no, it is not normal um, for some things to happen. Yeah, and it is okay to talk to people about it. I think it. I think that um, depending on your household and how you're brought up and what mm -hmm. people are like with their parents and you know that oh, that having 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 those co conversations, yeah. yeah, like that's um, that's a start. Like, yeah. and even schools, like schools with sex ed. All I remember is How? actually the penis banana yeah. and the, the condom, the condom yeah, on, that was it. and that yeah. was it. And it's all it's all about the man getting yeah. off and the woman getting pregnant. Yeah. That's it. That's but it. Where's yeah. the talk about periods and where's 100%. the talk about like different <laughs> yeah. products that girls can use or where's the talk about it's not normal to not be able to put a tampon in because it's so painful, painful. or it's yeah. not normal to be curled up in bed for the entirety of your period because your cramps are that bad. Yeah, and it's not okay for someone to say to you. You're just being dramatic. They're just period pains. Yeah. That's like, where's those conversations? So that's why I think that this is a really um, yeah. worthwhile conversation to have. Well, it blows my mind. You just said a lot of things and I'm just like, oh my yeah. God. <laughs> no, I, well, these are, these are definitely um, podcasts that have, we've been listening to, to, oh, listening, listening to, to as well, listening yeah. to and conversations that we've been having mm -hmm. about mm -hmm. behavioral stuff we've been talking well, about. We've all trained people who've had pelvic floor issues mm. and we, you know, every client who comes in post part mm. we you know we, we we always say to them go see a pelvic floor yep. physiotherapist I, I, yeah definitely have referred out, out. I, yeah. I won't train anyone unless they yeah. have yeah i've had i had a client that has had a sh shoulder issue mm. um she came to me and said i want to come back and do sessions with you i've finished with the physio 
Um, my shoulder seems to be okay. I said, before you come and see me, go and see that pelvic floor yeah. specialist that you were seeing prior to having your last child. Yeah. Because I remember you telling me that they were talking about some in surgery intervention yeah. and we need to know where that yeah. is because this, that's going to affect your shoulder. It's yeah. connected. And she that's was just like, what? What do you mean? It is yeah, but <laughs> she's, a, she's also a very smart lady and she's yeah. also in... Um, medical field, medical field. Yeah. so she she did what I asked and yeah. is and is well on her way of doing sessions and fine and the thing mm. that kind of like gets me like talking about the whole pregnancy thing is I saw this really good um, picture not that long ago and I can't remember where I saw it probably would have just been going around Facebook mm. but if we talk about specifically pregnancy so that will last year there's nine months there of carrying the child and then you go through the event of giving birth to the child whether it be a vaginal delivery or cesarean then you go through let's now focus on no we'll focus on both still the recovery window afterwards Mm -hmm. you've got to take into account your load so picking up this new little human that's load in itself not having sleep is going to impact on your ability to recover you've got to think about your nutrition you've got to think about all of these things if you've given birth vaginally you have to think about what your tissues are doing and this picture in particular was like on one side, it showed zero to six weeks post, I don't know if it was like knee surgery. Uh, and then pretty much from there on, the protocol that you have to follow that gets you back to doing whatever you want to be doing post-knee yeah. surgery. Yeah. Then it was post-birth. It was zero to six weeks, do nothing. Six weeks and beyond, do everything. Your tissues are still going What's through madness, so much it? healing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think it's just through in the past lack of education hell yeah but now when we have pelvic health physios Mm. and it just baffles me that you have a six-week checkup and that might only consist of a doctor saying how are you going you stop bleeding you're good all right you can go off and do what you want let me let me feel your stomach area yeah (laughs) look at the area (laughs) look at anything else with physical therapy you just looked at it for the last nine months yeah yeah we we rest them and start with exercise yeah, you've intervention. You've got to start gra- gradual loading. We wouldn't we wouldn't yeah. just rest it for six weeks, six weeks and, not and then go anything. go yeah. nuts. You know, someone someone yeah. does a, a quad tear of footy. Deconditioning, the yeah. simple principles of like rehabilitation and recovery for yeah. some reason don't apply yeah. to the pelvic floor yeah. apparently. And I think <laughs> yeah. that just goes That's and fact. shows that just what our attitudes have been up until this point in terms of like the pelvic floor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, yeah. we the last one of the last podcasts that I listened to was about the medical history of women mm-hmm. and that our medical history wasn't actually there was uh, in textbooks wasn't actually recorded for a long point of time. Wow. Like you can only go back to I can't remember the exact date yeah. when they started, and then it was virtually pictures of the the, the diaphragm. That's yeah. it. There's nothing. Yeah. There's no actual thing. But for men and anything to do with um, the rest of the, anything of theirs yeah. goes back throughout history. Like, oh, what yeah. you're having trouble. We need yeah. to fix this. We need to fix this. Yeah. So you're yeah. a need, but nothing. And I think things are definitely changing for the better, though, when it comes to just women's health. Yeah, in well, I, I can guarantee you now that there would be 85% of women who listen to this podcast would think that they didn't have to worry about their pelvic floor mm-hmm. until they were pregnant. No, no. It's just something that they don't have to worry about. How do you try and change someone's mindset? Like if you get a patient that comes in and mm-hmm. just gives no flying fucks about why they're there or whatever, do you have to like tact tactfully... tactfully word tactfully <laughs> that one <laughs> um like word it in a certain way like this is actually important for you or you don't really get that people are there because they know they have to be there like 99% of my patients I have to say that I'm fairly fortunate yeah that they already know it's important and that's okay. why they're there and well, this good. is where I found this world to be very different to just like the musk stuff in mm. terms of if someone's got a sore back or a sore knee or a sore shoulder or a sore, yeah. sore neck, they will tell everyone. Mm. And everyone knows that they have an injury. <laughs> yeah. But yet, oh, my if, neck. if you're <laughs> incontinent of urine, if you're fecally incontinent, if you have pain when you're intimate to the point yeah. that you physically cannot be intimate with someone. No one knows. No one will talk be, about yeah, it. Yeah, no, you sit with that by yourself. So by yeah. the time you've kind of gone to see your pelvic uh, floor physiotherapist, yeah. um, that is... You've already made that 
decision in your mind yeah. that this needs this to be changed. To be fixed. Yeah. yeah okay. Then it's yeah. just sometimes it's just more the modifications that we need to kind of like work uh-huh. on that you might just have to work a little bit harder to explain and that just comes down to your explanation of things. Yeah. How, um educating the patient and just yeah, just I just feel like about. we've said that women, you know, women there's not enough um history you know enough yeah. change not enough people talking about it but yeah i also feel like with men if they have an incontinence issue they a won't talk about it b think they've got prostate cancer <laughs> and c will hide it but it's with any sort of men's worse. issue if you've got someone yeah. who's got performance yeah. issues in the bedroom or whatever like as if they're going to yeah. go around and tell everyone like so nah. a lot of this stuff really between male or female to do with that region down there, yeah. no one likes to talk, talk about, about it or it. discuss if there's an these issue. issues. And I think yeah. culturally, yeah. it's a taboo area. You, you like, yeah. Look, you never use the word vagina or penis. We were talking about early early podcasts. We would bring up, we would say, we we were talking about, and and Brie really blushed, and she started giggling. We just kept dropping the the V word vagina, like throughout the gym or throughout a podcast, and we've you know look at her now. She's not even blushing. Uh, <laughs> it's so funny. Say the word. If yeah. you can't even say what your body part is, yeah. how can patients, we have a conversation about yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. I have patients who have never looked at themselves ever, yeah, right. ever, 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 ever. Yeah. They don't know what is down there. Mm. So then, how, <laughs> so then, sometimes for those patients, the step is therefore. Let's get a mirror and have a look. Yeah, wow. And then be like, See, that's um, I'm good. Thanks, for thanks for that. No, don't need that. That's yeah. fine. Yeah. yeah. No, like I am. Um, <laughs> so I've had a patient who asked me, um, yeah. I don't know where my clitoris is. All right, let's grab a mirror. And I showed her. And she was so like, oh, really? I'm like, yeah, she had. And I could just like see on her face, like it was amazing because this patient had had difficulties with intimacy yeah, okay. and wasn't able to achieve an orgasm yeah. and she had bought herself a vibrator and she's like, I tried using it, but like, I just, like, I, I don't know what I'm, I, I, I don't know where, where it is. I didn't feel anything. And then I pulled out my pictures of, to show like the clitoris and yeah. whatnot. And then I'm like, do you want me to show you? She's like, yes, please. So we grab out the mirror and she oh. was, and I felt really really lucky to have been able to help her like that Aww. because i just saw like the, the change in her face yeah and i'm going home now see you yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's, it's i'm like, really busy now i'm just <laughs> thinking about some poor fellas out there who've had that issue and oh, a no, woman right. can't even the women crazy. Yeah. Yeah. And she don't even know but what's like, going on it's I don't know. I, see, I just think, like, wouldn't, wouldn't you use old mate Google yeah, and, like, what, figure it yeah. out? But if you haven't looked down yeah. there, I get it. 100% you can get use it. Google, but then you've got to orientate yourself and be like, that makes sense, yeah. where's yeah. up and where's down. Yeah. 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 Wow. Wow. So a lot well, that's of awesome, education. though. Good work. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And it's just, I, I think it's pretty amazing. I think when I was, in, when I was pregnant with uh, Georgia... Yeah. I was in labor with Georgia because mm. she was really a really quick labor. Yeah. Mainly because I was super chilled out about it. Cause I'm like, Oh, we got, we've got ages. And Michael's like, ah, I need a shower. I need a sandwich. I need to pack the bag. I need a sandwich. And I'm like, I'm going back to sleep anyway. So get to the hospital and I was in transition and I was just like, yeah, yeah, whatever, whatever. Fine. Like I still got ages. And then they get me up in the bed and they're like, ah, oh, you're crowning. And I'm like, and then they had to go get a mirror and yeah. show me that we can see your baby's head now. Yeah. Look. And it didn't even feel like it. Well, not it didn't yeah. feel like it. I just, because I, pr- previous um, labor yeah. took much longer. Mm-hmm. I just was just thinking that it's still got ages, ages to go. Ago. Like, can't, that's only been about two and a half hours. <laughs> i got out loads of time. <laughs> I'm like, so he's like, you can push now. I'm like, oh, I don't think so. And yeah. they're like, yeah, look, you can. And I'm yeah. like, holy fuck. Yeah, so right. again, get out. No, <laughs> no, yeah. Let's go. <laughs> Michael, get in on a headlock. <laughs> Stop eating your sandwich. <laughs> you wouldn't time for that. Go time. <laughs> Fucking hell. This anyway. podcast. We just go on this weird. Oh, what's about the mirror and the yeah. vagina and having a look? <laughs> I don't have time to look at it 
No, no, if, that's the, right. if, if that was the first time to look, what a time to look at it when a little head's poking through. <laughs> Slightly horrifying. Yeah. <laughs> Don't look at me! <laughs> Never looks the same again. No, that's a joke. That's a joke. (laughs) That's a joke. So, if any of this resonates, maybe not Tony's, but. Before Tony's. So, before Tony's story, if any of this resonates with people, what's their their first step? Like, what should they first be doing? Google a pelvic health physiotherapist or a pelvic floor physiotherapist. Yeah. Yeah. And then have that chat. You don't need to go to a doctor first. You don't need a referral. Yeah. Just finding a physiotherapist that specialises in the pelvic floor. Yeah. Because yeah. they are out there and more and more people are becoming aware of them. And I would say anyone who's pregnant, who's particularly after having a baby, that six weeks check after having a baby, getting your pelvic floor checked so you can be put on the right direction, whether you can get back to what you, the activity that you want to get back to. Yeah. Um, yeah, just Google it. Yeah. Google it and find someone. You don't have to live with it. And then, like, okay, so say someone comes to you six weeks after having a baby. What what would the next steps involve, I suppose, for them, just to give them a bit of understanding of what yeah. sort of things they would be doing, whether it's exercises, yeah. whether it's... Activation. Activation, yeah. relaxation. Can we also go back to saying that if you have any kind of birth... Yeah. Regardless yeah. of whether you've delivered naturally or had a C-section... Yeah, yeah. Pelvic, to, yeah. pelvic floor is still an issue yeah. and it doesn't make you any less likely to have issues because yeah. you haven't given birth yeah. vaginally. Still carrying yeah. a baby so for a lot the of, past nine months. A yeah. lot of women have said to me, oh, I don't have to worry about that because I had seizures. Well, no. It doesn't matter. Yeah, you've got pressure um, and You actually else. still do. Right. Like, yeah. like you said at the start, the pelvic floor is like a sling that holds all of your orga- all organs yeah. inside your body. Yeah. Then you've added a baby there yeah. and however much weight, as well as pressure forcing down. Yeah. Yeah. So you're, you're going to have some issues yeah. most likely. Because then you're going to be picking up these little babies and you're going to be using your And your washing floor. and your toddlers yeah. and, your and, shopping. and the school bags yeah. and anything else that you'll be doing at the same yeah. time. Yeah. 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 So that's, yeah, that's actually a really good point. That regardless of whether it's been a vaginal delivery or cesarean section, I'd still get my pelvic floor checked. A hundred percent. Most women that I've dealt with and we've talked about pelvic floor and if they've had seizures, they say to me they don't have to worry about it because they didn't have to do that vaginally. I don't have to worry about that. Yes, you do. Yeah. And I'm like, uh, yeah. Anyway, moving on. Yes, you do. So then, what are, what are the next steps look like for someone once they've come and seen someone like yourself? So it all depends on what's in front of me at the time. So no two people will ever be mm-hmm. the same. So they'll yeah. never get the same recipe to put it in the best way. Yeah. Um. So for one person who has an overactive pelvic floor and a weak pelvic floor, we'll address on their overactivity first, because a tense, tight, tense muscle is just an inefficient muscle. Yeah. No point in strengthening a tight muscle because it's just not going to work. So we've got to relax it first to build it up. If they've come and they don't have an uh, overactive pelvic floor, it's about strengthening. So it's developing an exercise program that is suited to what they need. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and there are so many little other bits and pieces that we might have to put in uh, along the way. But essentially, it's just program building. Program building and support. Yeah. Yep. So yep. is the first... Like exercise you give them is just like the Kegel exercises. Like the some people can't even do that. Can't even do that. So some people just have such a block between their um, their, for lack of a better way of putting that conscious awareness and yeah. being able to intentionally activate the pelvic floor. They just yeah. physically can't do it. Yeah. So we just got to work on that, and it's just. Um, reducing that overactivity, then just fight getting stimulation into the air and just slowly building them up that yep. way so then once they can do that then we run with it um yeah. and but for a lot of people that that first that first step is the hardest but that's with most things the first step is always the hardest step yeah. and then it's just about down the line we integrate uh their pelvic floor work into more of their functional tasks or like their gym work tasks and then we just load it because again it's skeletal muscle and it needs to be loaded yeah because if you don't use it you will lose it and that's particularly something during this COVID times where particularly with the older population who they've been going to their uh, bowls or their golf, mm. uh, walking around, pottering around. Now, because of COVID, when things got shut down, mm-hmm. they weren't able to go to golf twice a week. And 
why am I now starting to have an accident when I'm standing up or getting out of bed oh. in the morning? And that's just muscle strength. When you're not using it, it, nothing works in isolation. So when I don't move my body in the same way, again, your pelvic floor is skeletal muscle. That can lose strength. That can lose muscle bulk. And then you can start developing those issues that you thought never would have happened to you. Yep. So again, yeah, all, all program building and loading when yeah. appropriate. Cool. Yeah, yeah, pretty yeah. much a strength and conditioning program yeah. for your pelvic floor. <laughs> yeah, essentially. Basically. Yeah. Hmm. Wow. Yeah. I like that though, like integration. Yeah. It's like any sort of rehabilitation. Yeah. Isolate it and then integrate it. Yeah. yeah. So the patients usually only see you for X amount of weeks or they Not keep really. coming back for and months. It, it depends, depends on, on who it is and what they got. It depends on yeah, who yeah. it is and what they got. So pain patients, you might see them for a couple of years. Yeah, wow. Um, other patients who it just might have been that we needed to do some, um, reduce their overactivity, yep. build them up a little bit, and then within a couple of months or so, they're done. Yeah, okay. um, yeah it's it's all dependent. So ranges from a few weeks all the way up to, could be a couple of years. Yeah, but that again right. is just like any form of yep. yeah, treatment. Definitely. I certainly yeah. know that there are a lot of people who see their physios or osteos or chiropractors every X amount of weeks and have been doing that for five plus years yeah yeah so it's whatever you want it to be yeah, yeah. well i see the myo once a month yeah and i don't see the myo once a month because i have an issue i see it for maintenance yep. yeah so same same absolutely yeah. when things pop up yeah 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 i reckon it's worth like even though like we said at the start this isn't just for females but i suppose for the whole pelvic floor talk it just generally starts to gravitate towards females mm. because it tends to be more common with labor and whatnot yeah like flipping over to men we briefly spoke about some of the symptoms that men might experience mm. can we go over them again yeah. and then sort of a path for guys yeah. because again like women aren't very good at talking about this stuff but yeah. neither are guys and yeah like, yeah so i guess a big one that also might um bring a man into the clinic um, so firstly, there's following or before and after having a prostate removed, and that's mm -hmm. a pretty big surgery for a man to have, and that can then afterwards lead to um, some pelvic floor and penile issues, which a um, pelvic floor physiotherapist trained in men's health can certainly help with. Um, mm -hmm. Also, testicular pain can sometimes be an indication of an overactive pelvic floor, Penile pain, again, can be an indication of overactive pelvic floor. Of course, there are other things as well, but mm. we're just speaking specifically pelvic floor. I think for both men and women, constipation can be an indication of an overactive pelvic floor. So this is just other ways that it can manifest and um, present itself. Uh, main thing between the two is um, examination is a little bit different between mm -hmm. the sexes. But again, I just come back to it, skeletal muscle. And if it's tight and if it's overactive, you release it, you strengthen it if you need to, and you generally get really good results. Yeah. Yep. And mm. people are really appreciative because in the world of pelvic health, you're really impacting on people's quality of life. You're yeah. really impacting on people's just... Yeah, it, it's, yeah. It's, a, it's a really big thing, and that's not taking away from everyone else or anything else that's just... It's it's the things that people don't talk about that generally impacts them the most, mm. and it's a very rewarding area. I love how you simplify it and like you're so calm about it, which is awesome. She's a great talker. <laughs> yeah, yeah, she's yeah. a great talker. I love to talk, and you get me talking about something that I'm passionate and I enjoy. I'll yep. find a way to keep going. You will. Yeah. <laughs> and look, and I think it just comes to the fact that, like for me. It changed my life and it steered me in a direction where I needed to go not only like professionally but also personally and I just, I, I know, and again, everybody's in different situations and mm. everyone may not have the happy ending that they wanted to and I'm certainly not at the happy ending point but it just, it really impacts on you as a person. So I can come to it from, look, I, I haven't had any babies so I can't... Um, empathize with postnatal prenatal pregnant women but i can certainly empathize with the um um pelvic pain side of things and just the gynecological issue side of things and how that can impact so yeah i have both that personal and professional yeah story to add to it so i'm biased but i love it <laughs> <laughs> i think i was i think i have listened to a um ladies we need to talk podcast and they had a lady on there that, mm. as they were talking about pelvic floor, 
who had um, two vaginas. Wow. Really? Yeah. And then um, they would get periods. They have they had two wow. of everything. So they'd get periods twice, like twice. There would be, and then sex was always painful. Yeah. Um, because one, one was a de- like a dead end. Oh, I can't remember, but yeah, there was, <laughs> and, and it was oh, that's like, interesting. Like, no one they. She saw gynecologist, gynecologist, gynecologist. That's it. Yeah. But over mean. and over and over and over again, and basically got the whole run around, and it's fine. You've got nothing wrong with you. But they would go, they wouldn't. They didn't ever found the second, mm. the second vagina. So mm. they would be like, oh, you're fine. Yeah. But then sometimes they'd use tampons. Tampons, tampons would hurt. Then other times they'd use tampons, and tampons are mm. fine. So they it took him till that she was forty something to find that out. Far Can you imagine? Out. Imagine having that much pain for that long. Well, well, for girls and women with adenomyosis, endometriosis, even polycystic ovarian syndrome, they can go a huge chunk of time and see so many different specialists along the way before you get that diagnosis. So that's that's not uncommon it's like thirds from thir- the age of 13 to 40 mm. something they yeah. they didn't get that diagnosis yeah. and that just made me think of another thing when it comes to and i think this is like physio in general as well but i will use uh the world of pelvic floor physio we're also acting as a bit of like a caseworker where i may be your first point of contact because you don't have to go to a gp to see a physiotherapist mm. and i may then need to put you in contact with this person that person so then i kind of become a little bit of your like i said caseworker where i steer you in the right direction um and we just tee you up with the people that you need to speak to yeah that's really good because this is kind of how we work and um, we work with mm. the myos here and we work with like some of our clients that have specialists. Yeah, yeah. doesn't matter if the you know what their issues we like email them refer out if we we have an issue we talk to Brit yeah Brit has a look or we send them to Brit Brit can't work it like it's not her specialty she'll refer out yeah. refer on and we keep on um well I guess the thing is so many in contact get, so many people get run around so it's just yeah. good to have good referral yeah. systems and good pathways yeah. and yeah. relationships with people so that yeah. You know, we can make sure everyone gets the best help, just like what you're doing. Yeah. Well, it um, makes Brit's job so much easier. We've had heaps of discussions about different clients, and I'll be like, I want you to look this, I want you to check that. And I find that this is happening, so it gives them such a good background to when they when they get them on the table or they yeah. get them in the office to go, and they can do their own yeah. testing and without trying to sort through. Yeah. Um, and then and knowing when first. to refer on, when it's just... And that's exactly what you said in terms of when this exceeds a point that I can deal with it, all right, where do we go next? Yeah. No, you're still having pain. I have done this, I've done this, I've done this. You're still having pain. Okay, we need to to get this sorted. Yeah. 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 So same, same, really. Yeah. You guys got any more questions? Um. Um, I think that uh, a a good thing for us is like I know both we all the three of us like we're going to our class and we're doing lifting of some sort and we would say to them all right i want you to take a big breath into your belly um breathe um relax relax your shoulders relax this you know and then brace mm-hmm. um i think oh, i don't know about you but for me like i can say to the 90 percent of the women that are in the class um you know i want you to actually be able to turn pelvic floor on after you've taken that breath so and and draw your shoulders down what do we what would you would you say it in the same way to a guy as a girl um it's probably context dependent in a sense it is but context you need people dependent. to understand how yeah. to contract for pelvic floor yeah and some people just don't get it some people do yeah. not have that ability to go yeah yeah this is what i'm doing um that's where the beauty of doing something like an internal examination because you can feel what the muscles are doing and you that's referring on. We don't do that in the middle of class. Um yes and no. It's dependent on that person that's in front of me and mm. how they look um when they're doing it, um, are they holding their breath? Are they really gripping through their bum cheeks? Are they really sucking their tummy in? Your pelvic floor does 
it, it has a um, like a reflex. It will work by reflex. Some people that gets a little bit muted. Mm-hmm. So that's where we have to tinker with things. Um, breath holding can sometimes impact on that. Um, bracing for some people to them might mean sucking their tummy in, which can just um, overwork, uh, um, overrun the pelvic floor. So it's context driven and I would have to see that person and just see where they're at, what issue they're having, but I would definitely not be holding my breath. So I definitely can see when I say it to people mm. when they know what I'm talking about and when I don't, when they don't. Um, but I... Well, when you work I, the pelvic floor, no one should be able to see it. So if you're seeing tummy moving, well, bum moving... It's more uh, facial, yep. like if I say, okay, now switch pelvic floor yep. on before you do this, they the, the expression can tell me straight away whether yep. they... They have no idea what, what that means. Yep, whether they can or they cannot feel that. And I would only really give that cue to someone who needed to who needed it to be cued. So if there was an issue for their pelvic floor that it wasn't... Um, um, reflexively engaging, then there may be, all right, that cue, pelvic floor, then go and do this. But if it was someone who had no issues whatsoever, I knew what they were doing, they weren't overly tense or whatnot. They probably won't even realise they know what they're doing. Yep. They're just and then doing pelvic floor is going to, it's, mm. it's a reflex, it's going to, it's going to, yeah. otherwise yeah. we'd just be wetting ourselves left, right and centre and being incontinent. Yeah. 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 So... Women aren't, no, let's not even say women. They'd be like a handful of people who would go to the toilet before the wad part, mm-hmm. regardless of what the wad is. Regardless. Regardless if they're skipping, regardless mm-hmm. if there's jumping, regardless if there's lifting. running, yeah. regardless if there's lifting, they go to the mm-hmm. toilet. Um, I think this is probably a two-part question. Yeah. One is, do you train them like um you would a child and get them to hold mm-hmm. um don't go just because you think you should yep um because that creates bad pathways with the whole you know the whole using of the bowel and all that kind of stuff mm-hmm. um i'll start with that yeah <laughs> so uh that one because i know why you're going down a two question pathway there so for some people so when it comes to the bladder, we can develop triggers that can lead to urgency. And then that sometimes can lead to incontinence. So if that person had a trigger that before, that the wad presented a trigger to them that, oh my God, I've got to go to the toilet. I've got to go to the toilet. Or, you know, I might wet myself if I don't go. Yeah. Depending on their, depending on them and what their factors were and what was wrong with them, there would be some circumstances where I would say, nah. Don't uh, we're going to push this out? Yeah. Unless you physically feel like you're about to pop and that your world is crashing down around you, I do not want you to go to that toilet. Okay. However, yeah. Then there would be another group of people where if they did have a little bit of extra movement of their pelvic uh, pelvic tissues and yep. they were prone to leakage and they might have been uh, postnatal and they had a bit of vaginal tissue. Um, extra mobility or they had a history of chronic constipation or a chronic respiratory issue so again that meant that their um, tissues down there weren't as rigid as they once were so they were prone to leaking I might get them to empty their bladder beforehand to reduce the likely to reduce the load on their pelvic floor to reduce the likelihood of them leaking but it's all very context specific Mm. it's really hard Um, it's a really hard one to kind of monitor with mm. like unless you have a better conversation yeah. with a member about it because sometimes they go in fear yep and they yeah they actually don't even need to well, go they the workout and they go i'm not going to be able to get yeah. through this because i'm going to wet my pants yeah. like they've already put it in their in head any situation yeah. wetting yourself is not normal mm. yeah of course yeah so that in itself should is a good enough driver to contact a pelvic floor mm-hmm. physiotherapist because, and I think that um, a lot of people have normalised incontinence Correct. Uh, during pregnancy and after pregnancy. One hundred percent. you know, and you know, you know who's common, the worst for it? The advertising agencies mm. for the products yeah. that you use post yeah. that 
the incontinence pads and um, it's not normal. It may be common, but it's not normal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, yeah. like you see them and they're like, like yeah, normalizing yeah. it and so saying, well, that's why we've made this product. Power, yeah, power yeah. So basically, yeah. if anyone, regardless of the issue, whether it's like a biopsycho or social issue, that they're driven to do this before a workout or before they do any sort of workout. Yeah. Like, you should go see a pelvic floor yeah. physiotherapy. And, like, even moving it away from therapist. the gym, like, a lot of people um, might get a real sudden urgency uh, when they're going for a walk. So this has certainly happened during COVID where a lot of people are going, I can't even make it for my 30-minute walk uh, without needing a toilet. But if there's mm. not a toilet there, like, I, I've, I've leaked three times and this has never happened. Urgency is a big issue in itself. Yeah. And that's where the bladder comes into its relevance with the pelvic floor. And that's something that your pelvic floor physiotherapist... I blame parents for this. <laughs> We're going for a drive. Go to the toilet before you go. You're not yeah. getting in the car until you've yeah. been to the toilet. Because <laughs> I am not stopping. Yeah. But even just going to the toilet out of habit can create triggers. Yeah. 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 Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Which is why I wanted it to be as yeah. like a two-parter. Because yeah. sometimes it's purely... Um, a habit a habit yeah. yeah and they don't even know if they could make it through the workout yeah. or not because they've never tried right. yeah. they've not had leakage but they think they should go yeah. to the toilet beforehand or maybe they've had leakage post pregnancy early on mm. but you know that was like seven years ago you still don't have to keep doing those same yeah. things yeah. um and sometimes um they've had issues so mm. they just don't want those issues so yeah. they they try and no. try to treat them first Either way, you should see someone. I would definitely about it. encourage someone to contact a pelvic, um, a pelvic floor physiotherapist to discuss that. Yeah, yeah. Which is kind of like um, a kind of like a lead into what we've been talking about, and you know, wanting to have this discussion with you so we could run some things for people who come here or don't come here or have some issues. Just anyone in the community, open up a workshop and a place where they can come and find yeah. out more about it, like what they probably are you know, touching the surface on here listening to this podcast. So hopefully this opens up a bit of a safe space so that people can have discussions about it and come see yourself and and learn more about what they can do to improve their quality of life moving forwards. Because they should, like, yeah, like you said, a lot of these things are common, they're not normal, but people think they are and so they live with it Mm. and they don't do anything about it. And the hardest part is just first having that conversation and just... Mm. Taking that first step, that's the hardest part. Yeah, it's a bit uncomfortable, but it's a safe environment. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, a pelvic floor physiotherapist would never do anything that you're not comfortable with. We just work with you. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. It's funny because Michael does all the food shopping, going on a segue, and he buys all of the tampons and pads for our house. Yeah. Like every single, every, every single person that, you know, because yeah. you know, we're all female. Yeah. So he just loads the trolley up and he picks every time, every time he picks, when he has, has loaded the trolley up, he picks mm. the youngest, geekiest looking boy to put his product oh, on. Oh, does he? He's like, what how's your day? And he's like putting them on there. <laughs> and he sees them pulse. go That's like so bright funny. red. They, they, they yeah. would go bright red and he'd be like. <laughs> so funny. We used to like stand there and if you had like a male come through who would be buying like women's sanitary items, yeah. I'd kind of be like, good on you. They just yeah. felt really awkward yeah. about it. They're like, he yeah. loves it. Yeah. He thinks oh. it's the best thing ever, and I'm just gonna find somebody who I can embarrass yeah. by because I don't get. Yeah. <laughs> I, I wonder if he'd be embarrassed if he had to buy incontinence pads, <laughs> male ones. And <laughs> was like, do 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 do. Yeah, I think that might be a bit different. <laughs> Maybe he'll get you to get those ones. Yeah, to- Tony, I need you to do yeah. the shopping now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> just added to the bottom of the list down there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, asking to buy some just to see what happens <laughs> we'll see <laughs> he probably won't care he'll probably That's like pretty chilled out. <laughs> find somebody to embarrass yeah. instead of him being I embarrassed too. Yeah. so anyway how can people get in contact with you where they can where can they find you social media where yeah. you work so I'm working out of a clinic in Yarraville called Pelvic Health Melbourne mm-hmm. um, so people can find me there however I would just if anyone has anything uh, to do with the pelvic floor that they're a little bit concerned about, just jump on Google because you'll probably be surprised about that there's someone around you and that there's someone close around you and that there's a lot of pelvic health physiotherapists around there, yeah. uh, around um, 
just everywhere. Just everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I was trying to say. So you're not very far away though. So if they do want to contact you yeah. directly, you're in Sunshine. Sunshine. Yarraville. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's not very far away. Yeah, it's not. For anyone that's close yeah. by. Yeah. yeah. And do you have socials for your physiotherapy or no? No, no, I don't. Okay. No, that's all yet to come. Yes. Yeah. Cool. So, yeah, um, so the the place that you work for, they have a website? Yeah, they do. Pelvic Health Melbourne. Okay. Yeah. Perfect. Awesome. awesome. Perfect. Yeah. Cool. Now, we normally finish by uh, going through whether it's like a podcast or something you've watched or something or you've read. Yeah. Um, what you, so, what you last week. Yeah. It can be whenever, but whatever you're listening to. What have you got? Or do you want someone else to go first? What do you think? Well, I've got a book sitting there called The Vagina Bible that I will be uh, reading. <laughs> I love that. As soon as I get the vagina. <laughs> does it have a front cover like the Bible? No, it doesn't, actually. Oh, it doesn't. Yeah, it doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> my last read. I can't even think of what my last That'd be read funny. was. That's uh, my next read, though. It's oh, different. Nice. That's my next read. Um, what do you got, Brie? The Vaginal Bible. Really good question. What is it? What was that what's called? Vagina Bible. Yeah, cool. Is it like text or is it just like a... It's just written for anyone who wants to read it. Oh, yeah, cool. That sounds good. Maybe that'll be my first Audible. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I've listened to one. And I'm like, hang on, I recommended that last week. Um, cause I Do you listen to podcasts? Yes and no. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I listened to us. Oh, I'm halfway through it. I'm lying. Um... Saturn Returns podcast and talk about self-sabotage. So she's joined by a mindset coach. coach sorry. Um, her, her name's Africa. I'm like, cool name. Um, so <laughs> <they> <laughs> discussed how to work through self-sabotage, uh, dealing with addiction and moving towards sobriety. Um, and they just share their own personal experiences with that. Because self-sabotage is not just about addiction. Self-sabotage no, is self-sabotage about, about, like, about scenarios, relationships, life. Yeah. life. So that was interesting. Other than that, I haven't really listened to much this week. It's been a busy week. Africa. Mm. Africa. I reckon it all started with the name. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to be too judgy. Africa but My name's Brooke. Craig, so I can't say Africa much. But Africa, Brooke. Jesus. Um, I, I'm going to go away from like, because I listen to some public force stuff, but I'm going to go with um, um, Tim Ferriss' podcast again. Yeah. Um, they had Jerry Seinfeld on there, which was pretty cool. Yeah, he was super interesting. Right. I just found it really, really funny listening yeah. to him um, and how he, he went through his methods of how he creates his jokes. And he's got this really long running thing where an hour a day, pretty much for his whole comedic life, yeah. he's uh, yeah spent an hour just writing down jokes. And it could be something that he's just thought of or something that happened in the day. And he'll right. write them down and then, then he'll come back to them later and extrapolate upon that. But the whole thing was spending an hour a day doing the work and grinding is what leads to success. Um, so it was right. really cool because his one cool story he had was one of his friends has a um, like an improv class in LA somewhere. Yeah, right. Like, and he invited Jerry to it, and Jerry went. Was it pre or post his him being famous? Oh no, he was yeah he was well and truly famous in this stage. Oh. and he he was invited to be a speaker. So he got up and he said, "The fact that you're here." Um, means that um, you guys probably don't do the work anyway, uh, so you're probably not going to make it. And he he, he he was just blunt with him, and he's like, wow. he's like, honestly, all you need to do, and then he like pulled this thing, and this flag dropped down, and just said, do the work. Yeah. And he's like, he's like, I do an hour a day. He goes, start off with ten minutes, then do fifteen, then do twenty, and it's just basic principles. Uh, but he was yeah, he was really funny about the whole thing. Like the whole the whole podcast was hilarious. Yeah, lots of laughs. So I recommend anyone listening to that, whether you're like, I'm not a big Seinfeld fan. I watch it like sporadically on and off. I've never yeah. watched the whole thing. No, I've Whereas never watched it my best mate loves it. Yeah. So um, I'm not like crash hot on him being like my favorite comedian or anything. But uh, yeah, just the fact that he's achieved what he's achieved is pretty cool. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, cool. And it was just funny. Pretty lighthearted conversation. Yeah. You're up. I only asked you about the podcast thing because... I'm only new to podcasting. Since so, COVID. Since this COVID time, thing. Yeah, it's I'm the getting, new improved Tony. Yeah, I'm getting into it too. I hadn't listened to a podcast since um, the first one was the start of this year. Yeah. She used to be like, podcast? What do you mean you listen to I don't have time for that. I don't have time for that. I don't want to listen to other people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I am you're driving. Yeah. No, no. I still don't listen she's really to it. a walker and a podcaster. I don't okay. really listen yeah. to it when I'm driving. I have, yeah. but not a lot. Not a lot. I do I actually, depending on what mood I'm in. 
I don't. I still like the radio sometimes. <laughs> sometimes. And that's okay. That's You're allowed fine. to enjoy it, Tony. Sometimes I'm sick of music by the end yeah, of the day. When I've been here all day. Oh, when I drive home, I turn yeah. every or like, just it's silent. Off. Yeah. Windows yeah. down. Oh. <laughs> just anyway. gonna drive in silence. <laughs> so I listen to a Dan Harris. Uh, no, I listen to a Tim Harris. What is it called? Tim Ferris. Tim Harris. Oh my god. We'll get there. Uh, yeah. We'll get there. It's okay. Take your time. It was a long. T- it was a long <laughs> podcast. It took me all week to listen to. It was with someone called Dan Harris, and he was written oh. a book on becoming ten percent happier. Yeah. Um, I enjoyed it because he, and the reason why I stuck with it was because he had had huge anxiety issues. He had an anxiety attack on TV, yeah. Yeah, I that. Um, so where he just freaked mm. out. Um, so it's, if you, he actually says if you Google. Um, his name and no no if you google um anxiety attack on tv he is like oh, the first per- thing that you see um but so the book the book wasn't about like becoming 10 percent happier like you know that generic everyone has to be happy stuff um it was more um about how to cope with anxiety and what he did um he um didn't believe in meditation or um, any of any of those self-help kind of things, and because he was a reporter, he sent. Well, short story was he went over overseas during the war after nine eleven, did all this stuff, came back, and got depressed because he was on that curb of high alert all the time. Yeah. Okay. So he, he went over there. He went over there a, as a reporter. Okay. So he did like loads and loads and loads of that. Yeah. Uh, reporting over there, then came back. Didn't realize he was mm. depressed because it was high, like the high, the high heightened situation over there. Yeah. Um, um, and then was on this drive, um, about getting better into his field. Blah blah blah. Anyway, so he, um, his anxiety. He did talk about the anxiety attack he had. Um, and how he was always an anxious person and his parents normalized his anxiety to him, um, which wasn't a, it wasn't a bad thing is what his parents did. They just wanted him to feel normal, but they told him that highly anxious people, um, tend to be overachieve, um, not over, succeed. Uh, mm-hmm. succeed because their, their anxiety heightens achievement. Yeah. Um, and he... So it was like he wasn't getting anywhere so, in life unless he had that mild anxiety yes, the whole way so to drive him. That, yeah. that anxiety was his friend then. Yeah. Um, and he used that to drive him, but it pushed him into a situation of um, where he achieved so much mm. until he couldn't control the anxiety anymore. Wow. Um, and it was fueled with, you know, a mixture of kind of... Um, recreational drugs is why it came to a head and it wasn't wasn't big like the anxiety was there before the the drugs didn't it just heightened it and he went on a quest of well it wasn't really a quest it was more that he was doing stuff for work Mm. about self-help because it's been so um so much going on you know the the self-help kind of stuff um that he went on and and he, he went and was reporting on them yeah but then he ended up finding yeah. what worked for him and helped him with his anxiety. Wow. It's a long one. Like, Sounds like a long it's one. It's got a very interesting story. It, does it, it, it is. It's a, it's, it was interesting. It was, um, I just didn't, I didn't, I picked it because it was the last one on the list. Yeah. It was not, like it was on top of the list. And I was yeah. like, I'm walking already. I need something to listen to. on this one, yeah. That'll um, do. But yeah. some of them are the best ones. Like sometimes I'll listen to a Tim Ferriss or a Joe Rogan and you just click a name that you don't know. But yeah. often we generally go through and we're like, oh, yeah. I know that person. And I'm I did listen yeah. to that. And it definitely wasn't because it had 10% happier because mm. usually those are the ones that I try to avoid. You're like, there, 10% happier. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> Happiness. Have there. a coffee. That'll make you happy. <laughs> yeah. How about be quiet and leave me alone, and then I'll be happy. Well, funny thing. Very short podcast. The Jerry, the Jerry Seinfeld thing. He spoke about because um, he was asked, "What do you think makes people happy?" And he goes, "People who no, sorry, happy, funny. What do you think makes people funny?" And he goes, "People who are funny are usually very sensitive and very irritable." And he goes, "That's where we find our humour because things annoy us." And and then and then I should be hilarious. You should be. You should be a comedian. So then, then, 
I know. It just hasn't it hasn't worked out, has <laughs> it? <laughs> hey, you still got time. Yeah. Um, an hour a day. An, an hour, hour a day. 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 You've just got to do the work. So anyway, he um then Tim Ferriss said he's like, oh, oh backtrack he went on this whole like zen approach because he was super anxious mm. and super stressed and blah 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 <laughs> and then he like zenned out yeah and tim ferris is like well what happened then did you lose your funniness he goes well i never really got to that because then i got married and had kids <laughs> but, um, <laughs> so i was like that was good that was good um Thanks for coming. Yeah, thank thanks for coming. This has been great. This has been a really good conversation. I think we've all learnt stuff too. Like, oh, 100%. I was sitting here half the time with like a goldfish and my mouth just opened just like, oh my God. So, yeah. yeah thank you thanks for, for coming. Me. Always happy to chat. To be continued, I say. Yeah. 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 We'll definitely, uh, in the new year, organise some sort of workshop. Yeah. 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 If you have any questions and you want to get in contact. Um, you can so shoot them through the last and we'll pass yeah. them on. Or, yep. Give us a message and we can um, pass them on or we can, if you're interested in doing a workshop, you know, also send us a message and let us know that you're really interested in it. If yeah. you're interested in um, the workshop but you're a little embarrassed about it, um, also sing us, sling us a message and we can do some privates. Yeah. I, um, yeah cool. I think this one's a real important one and like a really good conversation. So um, if you are listening and you think this could help someone else, which it will, uh, Pass it on. share, subscribe, like all that sort of stuff. And yeah. Um, yeah, hopefully we'll be able to continue having people like Nicola on having good conversations. Yes. All right. Leave it at that. Thanks, Have a great Nicola. weekend, guys. Thank Thanks, Nicola. Bye, guys. Bye.